Today's daf Masech is Gitin is Davav. We are beginning at the two dots, about a quarter of the way down the page at Itmar. Now we're going to have today <clears throat> four points in the today's daf. The first point we're going to discuss the requirement or lack thereof of saying the funny nechtam funny nechtam if a get is brought from province to province in Bavel, and we'll discuss um, the borders of Bavel as well. Uh, that'll be discussion. Uh, the second point we're going to discuss are unique scenarios that require or don't require Turning to Vav Mudbeis, we're going to discuss a get that's brought from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael and um, what the Psaq there is if it requires this statement. And the final section of today is going to be the discussion of Pilegish Begiva, what the sin was, what her mistake was that caused her husband to send her away and Agarata that follows about not placing excess fear in one's house. So let's begin. We're holding about a quarter of the way down, Vavam with Aleph, and let's get started here. Two dots, Itmar, so it was stated. Bavel. Now regarding Bavel, Taisus learns it means if a get is brought from one area in Bavel to another. So the, we're going to discuss this later, but there were two major areas of uh, Jew, Jewish life. Surah and Arda. Surah was where Rav established the yeshiva after he came from Eretz Yisrael. And Arda was where Shmuel was the Rosh Yeshiva. So the Gemara tells like this, Rav Amar Ket Eretz Yisrael Ligitin. Rav says it's the same as Eretz Yisrael, meaning if a get is brought within Eretz Yisrael itself, there's no need to say Fani Nechtam, Fani Nechtam. We concluded in the last sugya, both Rav and Rav agree because they are became Lishma, as well as the fact that um, they are... There's witnesses around to, fi- to validate it because there was frequent travel either because of Oli Regalim or because of the Bate Dinim. But the point is, Rav says that Bavel is the same and you don't need to say if a get is brought from one area to another. Shmuel says it's like and there would be a requirement if a get was brought from one province to the other in Bavel. Let us try to say that the basis of the Machlokis Rav and Shmuel is the same of, of uh, Rabbi and Rav. The Marsavar, Rav is of the opinion, he holds like Rabba that the reason for the Takana to say is because they're not proficient in the laws of Gemiri. But in Bavel, they have yeshivas, they have Tamiri Chachamim, and therefore, since they're learned, you don't need to say when it's from one province to the other. Shmuel holds like Rava that the reason is because there's no witnesses around to validate, since these are different areas of Bavel. There's a requirement to when it's brought from one area to the other. Because there's no travel between them, and you wouldn't be able to validate later if the husband should protest. Gemara says, but that's, is that logical? Can you assume that it's the same as Rabba and Rava? We concluded in the last sugya that Rabba holds of Rava, and therefore Rabba has to concede that there's an issue of so Rav can't hold like Rabba and therefore not require because Rabba himself would require it. Ella, the Gemara says, everybody holds that the reasoning for this takana to say is because you need witnesses to validate it against a later protest. Rav Sava, Rav holds, even the Ika Misifta Mishkach Shichi. Rav sends, since there are yeshivas of Surah and Narda, and therefore there was constant travel from Surah to Narda, as well as Narda to Surah, and from other places in Babel to the great yeshivas, so there was constant travel and people. 
would always be around who'd be able to identify signatures, and based on that, there's no need to say Shmuel Savar, Shmuel says it's true there was travel, but Masifta Begirsayu Taridi, the people that are busy in the yeshivas are busy learning Torah, they're busy with their learning, and they don't necessarily pay attention to the signatures of the people who pass through, and therefore you would still have to say because you wouldn't have the identification later should the husband protest. It Marnami, the Gemara supports that this is the opinion of Rav, Amr Abiyab, Amr Afuna, so Rav in the name of Afuna, Afuna was a Talmud of Rav, he said, we made ourselves in Bavel, like Eretz Yisrael for Gittin, which means there's no need to say from one province to another, but when when did we establish that leniency? When Rav came from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel and he established the yeshiva in Surah, that's when there was no longer a need to say because the travel became frequent and the people to identify signatures were also available. So Rashi explains over here, even though there were already Talmidei Chachamim there from the days that Yechanyah, which was during the Gullus Bayis region when he was exiled from Eretz Yisrael too, Yehuda, he was the Melech Yehuda, when he was exiled to, to, to Bavel, there were already Talmud Chacham there from those days. Nonetheless, you see that Rav's opinion isn't just Biki and Lushma, because there were already Talmud Chacham. Rather, you need Eim Etzir and Lekaimai. So when Rav established the yeshiva, that promoted travel between the areas. That's when there was no longer a need to say, Beautiful. Masiv, Rabbi Yirmi, Rabbi Yirmi, Asikashan Rav. One second, you're saying that Bavel, province to province, is like Eretz Yisrael. But the problem is, our Mishnah said, Rabbi Yudah Aymer, when defining the borders of Eretz Yisrael, Rabbi Yudah said, Merekim and Mizrach, Rekim is the eastern border of Eretz Yisrael, Merekim ke Mizrach, and Rekim is like the east, meaning it's also Chutzelar. It's Me'ashkelon Ladaru. Ashkelon is the southern border of Eretz Yisrael, Ashkelon Kedarim, and Ashkelon is like the south, meaning it's Chutzelar. It's Me'akko Litzafon, Akon is the northern border of Akko Kitzafon, and Akko is considered the north, meaning it's Chutzel Aretz as well. That's Rav Yehuda's opinion. And the, so it continues, uh, continues Rav Yermia, V'ha Bavel, it's fine with Eretz Yisrael Kaima. Bavel is farther north of Eretz Yisrael. Tachsiv, as we know, the Pasuk in Yermia tells us, Hayoim Rashem Eilai Mitzaf and Tiftach Ra'ah. So the Pasuk says in Yermia, Hashem says to Yermia, Hashem, and Yermia relates, Hashem said to me, from the north, the evil will open, will start which refers to how Bavel would come and uh, persecute the Jewish people. But the point is, what do you see? That Bavel is the northern, is north of Eretz Yisrael. Now back into our Mishnah, our Mishnah said, So Reb Meir said, Akko is like Eretz Yisrael Legitin, which means even though in other ways it's not considered Eretz Yisrael, but if a get comes from Akko, you don't have to say, That's Reb Meir's opinion. He argues in Rabbi Yehuda. But the Gemara concludes Rabbi Yermia's question, Even Rameir would only say, Akko, which is close to Eretz Yisrael, it's considered Eretz Yisrael, you don't need to say, the Fani the get comes from there. But Bavel, which is farther north, it's not considered part of Eretz Yisrael, and therefore if a get is brought from province to province in Bavel, you should have to say, So asks the Gemara, how can Rav say, that uh, Bavel has the status of Eretz Yisrael, if clearly the only place that are, are exempted are those places that are Eretz Yisrael, or maybe Akko or Kancher Meir, but that's very close, and Bavel's not. 
So the Gemara answers, who must have loved whom Rabbi Yirmi asked the question and he refuted the question. Bavel, that the Mishnah is giving us the borders of Eretz Yisrael, but it's not telling us that there's no other place outside of Eretz Yisrael that may have the laws of Bav of Eretz Yisrael as well. Which means it's only telling us the rest of Chutzel Aretz besides for Bavel would be deemed a requirement to say but in besides Bavel, Bavel wouldn't be required to make those statements because it's like Eretz Yisrael according to Rav. All right, let's move on. The Gemara says that hey, honey, Bavel. So the Gemara wants to know now, <clears throat> until where is Bavel? Which means we're trying to figure out now. We said if it's brought from province to province in Bavel, there's no need to say funny enough, funny enough. according to Rav, at least. Well, what is the border of Bavel? So Amar Papa Kemachlekes LeYuchasin Kach Machlekes LeGitin Meseches Kedushin. There is a debate. What is the borders of Bavel regarding Yichus? Because the Gemara in Kedushin tells us that all lands, meaning all lands in the world, are considered an Esau, Eretz Yisrael. They have mixed lineage, which means they don't have a pure, um, untainted lineage regarding Eretz Yisrael, which means Eretz Yisrael is more pure, it's considered a more ideal lineage regarding marriage than the rest of the world. The Eretz Yisrael above Esau above, and Eretz Yisrael is considered a doe regarding Bavel, which means Bavel is considered having the most pure lineage. So Rav Papa says over here, just as there's a debate as to the borders of Eretz Yisrael regarding that lineage that's considered untainted, it's the same debate regarding a get that's brought from one area to the other. If it's within those borders, it would not require according to Rav, Again, according to Shmuel, it would. For Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef argues, he says, the borders laid out in Meseches Kedushin is only a debate over there regarding Yichus, meaning regarding the untainted lineage, but regarding Gitin, that everybody would agree that what's considered the provinces of Bavel that would not require according to Rav, that everybody agrees that the northern border of Bavel would be until the second willow swamp which is near the bridge. So what does that mean? The Euphrates River had two bridges along it so the second one would be the northern border of Bavel the second, excuse me, the, the second willow swamp, right, which is near a bridge uh, would be the northern border of Bavel. This would be agreed upon regarding Hilchas Gitin that that would be considered part of Bavel and the debate in Meseches Kedushin is only regarding Yichus. Okay, let's move on to some unique scenarios now regarding requiring the funny to find Nachtam. So, Chizda Matzrich may Aktisvain Lebe Ardashir. Rev Chizda required when a get was brought from Aktisvain to Be Ardashir, which are two areas in Bavel. Now, we're going to see in a minute, Aktisvain was the market city. That's where people would go for shopping. So when a get was brought from Aktisfain to Ardashir, it required Aktisfain, But the other way around, Loimatzrich would not require it. So the Gemara says, what's the reasoning for this? So the assumption the Gemara is going to make is he holds like Rabba So let's assume it's because if Chizda holds that the reason for the Takan is they're not Bikin Lishma like Rabba. Vahani Gemiri, and these people do know the laws of Lishma. Meaning, the assumption here is like this, Aktisfain is outside of Bavel proper, it's just over the Tigris River. And Be'ardashir is inside Bavel proper, and on the other side of the Tigris River, Nahar Diglas. So the Gemara says is, L'chayr, the assumption we're making over here is, when a get is brought from the place that they are Gemiri, i.e., when a get is brought from Aktisfain, 
to Bayard, it went from Bayard to Lachtisfein, which is from inside Bavel proper to outside of it. The reason there's no necessity to say Fadinaf and Nefnam is because it's coming from Bavel versus the other way around, it's coming from outside of Bavel. It's the rest of Chutzel Art, so you, you would, would need to say Fadinaf and Nefnam. The Gemara says that can't be because with his Rava, how Rava is laid to Rava. Rava holds like Rava. So again, Rava has to agree the issue of in Edim and Lakaima, and the Tiger splits up these places, so you would need to say it according to everyone. So what would be the reason then for this distinction? So the Gemara explains, rather, Elor of Chizdu would hold like this. He agrees that you need to fulfill the reasoning of Lakaima. That's why you need to say Fanaat Vanachtam like Rava said before. Vahani, but these people, meaning Bnei Ardashir, even the Azli Lahasim, since they go to shop in Aktisfain, Hanach Yadoi the Chasimas Dahani, these people, meaning the people of Aktisfain, can identify the signatures of the Bnei Ardashir, because the Bnei Ardashir people, when they would come shop, they would uh, make deals and they would sign in documents so as to uh, create a reality of the deal. And the Aktisvan, who were the, the locals in Aktisvan, those people were able to identify those signatures. So therefore, if a get is brought from the Ardashir to Aktisvan, there's no problem of not being able to identify signatures later because there's people around that will be able to identify who these people are later as well. Fahani, but these people, B'nai Ardashir, the signatures of the Aktisvan people, Loyadi, they don't know how to identify them. My time, what's the reason? Bishukayo Treaty, because they're busy shopping. Meaning the Bay Ardashir people, even though they do sign documents with the Aktisvan people, the Bay Ardashir people are primarily shopping. They're not focused on the documents. The Aktisvan people, they hold on to these documents so as to claim money later, etc. So they could identify the signatures of Bay Ardashir. Therefore, if a get is brought from Aktisvan to Bay Ardashir, the Bayardashir people would not necessarily be able to identify the signatures later, so the Shliach would have to say, Fani Nechta, Fani Nechta. All right, now the Gemara tells us how far, or how close really, could somebody live and still need to say, Fani Nechta, Fani Nechta, if a get is brought from a close area. So, Rabbi Baravua, Master of my Arsala Arsa. Rabbi Baravua required Fani Nechta, Fani Nechta, even from one row of houses across the Rishasarabim to another row of houses. He said, because these people live distanced enough that they wouldn't necessarily be able to identify the signatures of the across the street, across the thoroughfare, and therefore you need to say, Fani Nechta, Fani Nechta, to. to Refute protests later. Rav Sheshes matzur from Shchuna l'Shchuna. Rav Sheshes even required from Shchuna l'Shchuna a neighborhood to neighborhood means a row of three houses, so uh, or a neighborhood of three houses. So from one area of three houses to another, it would require again because the neighbors in these two different areas wouldn't necessarily have access and be able to identify signatures. For Rava, Masrech Ba'is Shchuna. Now Rava even required in one area that had three houses, if it's from one house to the other, you need to say, But Rava said before, the reason for this Takana is because witnesses are not around to validate. Within the area of three houses, for sure there will be people, be people who could identify signatures. So the Gemara answers, Rava was case-specific because Rava lived in Mechuza and Shani b'nei Mechuza denaidi. The people of Mechuza were constantly busy, Rashi says, in business, and therefore they didn't actually have the ability to identify someone else's signature even if they lived Mavish next door. So therefore, if it gets brought even within the same area of three houses, there would be a requirement to say, Continues the Gemara, Rav Chanan Mishtoi, Rav Chanan told over the following story, Rav Kahana Aisi Gita V'loyad'ana Imisur L'narda Iminarda L'sur. So Rav Kahana had brought a get and I don't know, meaning Rav Chanan relates, I don't know if it was from Surah to Nardar, Nardar to Surah. Again, the two yeshivas and areas of Rav and Shmuel, the primary areas of Jews in Bafal. So, us l'kamid to Rav, Rav Kahana brought this get in front of Rav, Amar Leir, Rav Kahana said, Tzarichna l'meir, Fani Nechta, Fani Nechta, Do I need to say Fani Nechta, Fani Nechta, 
or not. So Amr Leis Rav said the lights reichas turning to Vav Mudbeis. You don't need to say before the nech, before the nech. Tav i avadet ahanis. But if you do it, so anisa, it'll benefit you. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? Rav mai avadet ahanis. What do you mean if you do it, it'll benefit you? It means Rav, you hold. Province to province in Bavel, we said above, you don't need to say Vanina Paninachtan. So, why are you saying if you do it, it'll benefit you? So, the Gemara answers, because what happens like this you don't need to say it, it's true. But if you do say so it'll refute the future claims. We won't listen to the husband if he comes later. If you don't say it now, so then later it'll become possible and we'll have to figure out identification later, which might be difficult later. And where do we see the same idea? Kedetanya, as we have a Bryce that teaches, that a get was brought in front of Rabbi Yishmoel. So the Shliach said, Do I have to say or not? So Amar Lai, Bani Mehechanata, so Rabbi Shmuel said to this Shliach, Where are you from? Amar Lai, now this is an Eretz Yisrael. So Amar Lai, this Shliach said, Rabbi, Mikfar Sisoy, I'm from Kfar Sisoy. Kfar Sisoy is a very close city to Eretz Yisrael, but it's not Eretz Yisrael proper. Amar Lai, so Rabbi Shmuel said to him, You do need to make the statement. Now, this is interesting. He says, in order that you should not, we should not require witnesses later to validate if the husband, husband should protest. The Gemara continues the story. After the Shliach left, I guess he said, um, Rabbi Eloi, the student of Rabbi Yishmael walked in. Omar Lane, he said to his Rabbi, Rabbi, we know that Kfar Sisoy, it's true, it's from Chutzal Arts, but it's absorbed very close to the border of Eretz Yisrael. It's, very, it, it's within the border. It's closer to Tzipor, which is Eretz Yisrael, even more than Akko. So according to Rameir, Akko is like Eretz Yisrael for Gitin. Certainly Kfar Sisoy, which is closer, would not require And even Rabbanan, the other sheet is reviewed in their Mishnah, they only argue regarding Akko to Merachaka, which is farther from Eretz Yisrael. But Kfar Sisei, which is so close, they would agree, you don't need to say Faninachtam. So why did you say you should say it in order that you shouldn't require witnesses later? So Amar Lez, Rabbi Shmuel said, Be quiet, my son, Rabbi Eloi, be quiet. Since the matter was performed properly, it's already been done, meaning the leniency has been performed and it's acceptable. Now the Gemara just challenges the story. I don't understand. Rabbi Yishmael said why he required the person to save in order that later there shouldn't be a requirement to find witnesses if the husband should show up. So obviously Rabbi Yishmael meant to say was that you don't, you don't have to now, but it prevents a future issue. So what's Rabbi Lai's question really? Rabbi Eli didn't finish the Rabbi Eli didn't hear the finishing of the sentence in front of him. Rabbi Yishmael said he just heard Rabbi Yishmael say you need to say funny enough, funny enough. He didn't hear the end of it, so Rabbi Yishmael explained to him why. But the bottom line is what we see from this story, like in the story of Rav above, is that even though there wasn't a requirement based on the locations it came from, it prevented future issues. So they said it benefits to say funny enough, funny enough, even though it's not necessary. Okay, moving on now. Shalach le Rabbi Yasser le Rav Chizda. Rabbi Yasser sent the following message to Rav Chizda. Gitin abon misham lakan. So gitin that come from there to here. There to here means from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael. So now we're moving on to a new discussion. Prior we discussed from province to province in Bavel. Now we're discussing from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael. So Rabbi Yasser sent a message to Rav Chizda. Gitin that come from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael. There's no necessity to make the statement. 
So the Gemara wants to say, Sounds like he holds like Rav, Ahani Gemiri, since in Bavel they are learned, they have Yeshivas and Talmidei Chachamim, so therefore there's no necessity to do that. So the Gemara says, but that can't be, because V'tizbara V'harabe is laid to Rava, Rava holds of Rava, again, and if they're not Mitzvah in Lekaimah, there should be a requirement. Ela, so the Gemara says, Also, meaning also it's a requirement that... Uh, Rebbe Vyasser would require because you need you need to validate them because that's far away from Eretz Yisrael. However, since there are many people that travel up and down from Bovel to Eretz Yisrael and vice versa, therefore there is constant travel. You'll find people who can identify later. There's no need to say if get is brought from Bovel to Eretz Yisrael. So that was the psak that Rebbe Vyasser laid out for Rav Chistas. Rav Yosef said, wait a second. Man le malan de Rabbi Yasser bar Samcho. Who says Rabbi Yasser is a bar Samcho? He's a reliable person. Who says that we can rely on this psak and say, if it gets brought from Babel to Eretz Yisrael, there's no need to say Fani Nechtam, Fani Nechtam. V'oid, now Rav Yosef supports his challenge by saying, we see a scenario that it seems like Rav Yasser made a mistake in Alacha. So if you made a mistake in Alacha, who says we can rely on him in this case as well? V'oid, ha'iyu, deshalach le'er Rav Yudah, v'oid, ha'iyu, deshalach le'er Rav Yudah, he, Rav Yasser, sent a message to Rav Yehuda, b'nei adam ha'oylen misham lekan, people that come from Babel to Eretz Yisrael, and they leave their wives for long periods of time. And Rashi learns, because of that, they don't fulfill the mitzvah of Pruravu. Hain kayamid ba'atzma, they fulfill the Pasuk in Yoyal, which is a negative thing. It says, They gave the child um, as the payment for a prostitute. Vahayalda, the, the girl, they sold for wine and they drank. The point is that Rashi learns is that he was giving Musr, he was saying, those people that come from Babel Teretz Yisrael for extended periods of time, it's like they don't care about having children because they're not Mekayim the mitzvah of Pro Revu. However, the point is, because of Leibel Sirtut, Rabbi Yosef relates that Rabbi Yasser sent this letter without Sirtut. Sirtut is the lines you make under Psukim. Rabbi Yitzchak, if you know that the halacha is, Shtayim, Rabbi Yitzchak says, if you have two letters from a Pasuk, Kaisvin, you can write it without Sirtut. Shalash in Kaisvin, three words in a Sefer Torah, you're not allowed to write three words, excuse me, of a Pasuk, you're not allowed to write without Sirtut, without the marker using a razor underneath. And Masnisatana, the Brahza taught a little more, but he said, Tana Shalish Kaisvin Arba in Kaisvin, that three words you're allowed to write without Sirtut, four you have to write with Sirtut. But the bottom line is what Rabbi Yosef is saying is you see Lakhaira. Rabbi Yasser sent an entire Pasuk from Yoyal, or a large part of a Pasuk from Yoyal, and he didn't write with Sirtut. It must be he doesn't know the halacha. If he doesn't know the halacha, we say we can rely on him here. says we can rely on him here. The Paskin that get in that are brought from Babel to Eretz Yisrael don't require. So Amrli Abai, Abai responded to his Rebbe Rav Yosef, anyone that doesn't know this halacha of Rabbi Yitzchak, that you need to put sirtut under letters from a pasuk, lav gavar rabahu, does that not mean that they could be a great person relied on for psakim? If it was something that was dependent on logic, meaning it required critical thinking, and he wasn't able to derive that, I would accept what you're saying, that you can't rely on him because maybe he's just lacking in a certain way. But ha, huh, this statement isn't based on logic. Gemarahi, this is a, a tradition, a teaching from Rabbi Yitzchak. The Gemara, Leshmele, he hadn't heard this psak. So maybe he didn't write the markers under the, under the words of the Pasuk 
He simply hadn't heard it, but that doesn't remove him from being a posik that could be relied upon, and therefore you certainly could rely on the psak that if the git gitten are brought from Babel Tarot Yisrael, you don't need to say Fanyachtam. But oh, and furthermore, so I took it a step further. Horeb of Yasser he da'askim Mari al Yade. We're going to show from a story that there was a Maisa where Rebbe Yasser was revealed. Literally means that Hashem agreed on his hands. But what it means is is that Rebbe Yasser was taught through secrets. Hashem taught him certain secrets of the Torah. So if Hashem's teaching him certain secrets of the Torah, Pshat and the Psukim, we're going to learn in Shoftim regarding Pelagish Begiva, certainly is a great person that can be relied upon for Psak Alacha. Where do we find this? The Pazak tells us in Shoftim. It's the end of Sefer Shoftim. And it says over there, Batizna Alav Pilagsho. So the Psukim there teach that there was a fellow who his concubine is Pilegesh strayed, literally strayed, and he sent her away. And we know the end of the story goes that people from Shevet Binyamin performed all kinds of terrible things with her, causing a civil war, and the Jewish people started to kill out Binyamin until they were salvaged. It's an entire story there, very dark period in the Jewish people's history. But the point is, the Pazik says, Pilagsha, she strayed from him. And it has an implication that she did something uh, inappropriate towards him. So Rav Yasser Amar Zivuv Matzalar. Rav Yasser says he found a fly regarding her. So we're going to see later what that means exactly is that he found that the, the husband of this concubine had found that there was food. That was considered something negative she did towards him. Amar Nima Matzala. says that he found a hair. We're going to learn later, either that means in the food or it means in her pubic region. And as Taisvus over here explains, because the word vatizna could either mean a lashon of znos, referring to the pubic region. Rashi learns they used to shave their pubic area, the women, so as to not make their husbands into a kruz shafcha. Through intimacy, maybe, they could have caused their husbands to have their male member damaged. And uh, the, the word vatizna could also mean lashon of mazain, so it could be a reference to food, that there was a hair found in the food, let's see, or a fly found in the food. So the Gemara says again, Rabbi Yasser said it was a, a fly, and that's, in the, that's the way that she had soured or strayed. And Rabbi Yasser says a hair. But Ashkechir Rabbi Yasser Lelio, and Rabbi Yasser found Elio Anavi. Amr Lei Maika Avet Akadosh Baruchu. So Rabbi Yasser said to Elio, What's Hashem doing? Amr Lei Asik Bepilagesh Begiva. He is learning the sugya Pilagesh Begiva. Umaika Amr. So Rabbi Yasser said to Elio, What is he saying? Amar so Leo said back, Ev Yasser b'ni kach Hashem saying like this, Ev Yasser, my son, says the pshat is that it was a fly. Yainasam b'ni kach loimer, Yainasam, my son, this is what he's saying, that it was a hair. So Amar Leis, so Rav Yasser said to Leo, Chas v'shal amik asveik akam ishmaya, is it possible that there's a suffix in front of Hashem? Meaning it sounds like Hashem's mesupik, what's pshat? How could that possibly be? Both of these are words of the living God. What does it mean? They're both true. Because in the storyline, he found a fly in his food and he wasn't makbid, meaning he took it out and it wasn't a big deal. But But when he found a hair, which we'll see later what exactly that was, that's when he became very upset, causing her to flee, which is in the storyline there. Now, we're going to go on to explain exactly what happened, but the point is, you see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was maskim to the words of Rav Yasser, so what Abayi was telling Rav Yasef is, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is maskim to his pshat, certainly we can rely on his psak. Now, the Gemara just explains the story of here. Amar of Yehuda. So the first version, like Rav Yehuda says, Zivuv Baka'ara, that, that the husband found a fly in the food, a hair in that place, meaning in the genital area of the concubine, and the Gemara explains what was the why, why was the second thing the straw that broke the camel's back because vov isusa regarding the fly that was something that was disgusting it's true finding something in your food like that is disgusting 
Sakanta, but the hair in intimacy can cause could cause could have caused the husband to become a gross shafcha right? his ma- male member to be damaged. That was something he got very upset about, and his anger, his intimidation, caused her to run away. Ikadamri, there's another version which is that both the hair and the fly were both found in the food. Zavuv Ainsen, a Zavuv, a Zavuv can fly in by itself, a fly. So he wasn't so upset about that. But Venima Pshiusa, a hair doesn't fly in by itself. Therefore, he got more upset, causing her to become intimidated and run away. Now, on this note, what the Gemara is about to do is to show the importance of not over intimidating people of your house, specifically your wife, and talking in a calm and Treating them with calm and, and, and ease. A person should not place excess intimidation and fear in his house. Because in this story, the husband of the concubine intimidated her excessively, and because of the outcome of the story, she went and she was raped terribly by Binyamin, Sheva Binyamin, people from Binyamin, and that caused a civil war. The Yipila Kamar Revavas Mi Yisrael, tens of thousands of Jews died from the Jewish people. Anybody that places excess fear in his house, Saif Hubali De Shalish Averos, he's going to come to three serious Averos. Gile Arayos, the first one is forbidden relations. Rashi explains because if he's so exacting and he puts so much intimidation on her if it's cold and she can't go to the mikvah when she's supposed to she'll be scared to say I didn't go to the mikvah and then she'll have relations with her husband when she's really still Anita. Vishvichas Damim, as well as Ima Yaseira, can cause murders. Rashi says this is this is the case. In Pilagish Begiva, many thousands of tens of thousands of people died because of this Ima Yaseira. And Rashi says, furthermore, it could be if he's so angry and he gives such intimidation, she could run away and fall and get damaged or die, and this can cause death as well. The Chil Shabbos, as well as Chil Shabbos, Rashi explains, because if she scared her husband, uh, we'll find out she didn't light candles in time. It's already Shabbos. She'll light the candles, Michal Shabbos, or, or uh, warm something up when it's already dark, even though it's Usr. So therefore, a person has to be careful and not not be overbearing, not be over-intimidating. This is that three things a person needs to say when it's about to become dark, when it's about to become Shabbos, Friday night, he's supposed to ask his wife, Yisartem, did you take off maestros for the food we're going to eat tomorrow? Eravtem, did you perform the Eravai Chatzera so that we can carry into the courtyard? And Hadliku Asaner, which is a command, which is light the candles because it's almost Shabbos. So these three things, even though you're supposed to inquire and mention them, turning to Zion and Aleph, Tzarechlem, Memrinu, Benichusa, they need to be said in calm, not too intimidating. Why? So that they should be accepted. You talk in a calm way, people will accept what you have to say. If you scream, nobody wants to hear what you have to say. I never heard the statement of Rabbi but I fulfill it from logic, meaning it's a logical thing. Is that the words of the Chachamim are heard when they're calm. You scream, people don't listen. Okay, the Gemara finishes off with one last statement about this idea of being calm in your house. A person shouldn't place excess fear in his house. Because a great person put excess fear in his house. And they almost fed him something that wasn't kosher. Or they fed him something that wasn't kosher. Umar the Gemara says, who is this person? Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel, Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel. The Gemara says, one second. Is it possible that they fed him something that wasn't kosher? 
We learn the Gemara and Chulin teaches us that even the behemtan shel tzadikim, the animals of the righteous, Hashem won't bring any sort of stumbling for the righteous people, meaning that they won't consume something that's prohibited because that would somehow reflect back on their owners who are tzadikim. So the Gemara says tzadikim, certainly Hashem will not cause tzadikim to consume something that's usr. So Ella the Gemara says, Bikshu they wanted to feed him something that was not kosher. Umay knew what was it? Aver minachai, a limb from a live animal. Rashi explains apparently Rabbi ben Gamliel put excess fear in his house, and because of that, when they were about to serve him food, they realized that the food that was from the shchuta was lost. Means the kosher food. So what they did was they cut off one of his slaves, cut off a uh, limb from an animal, which is usr, Aver minachai, and they were about to feed it to him. They didn't eat it in the ult- ultimately, but this teaches us the lesson that because causing excess fear will cause such situations to occur, we have to stay away from that type of thing because of the negative ramifications of it. Okay, we're stopping here at the top of Zion with Aleph. Ezra Shem, we'll pick up tomorrow with Tav Zion. Everybody have a wonderful day.